Hey, everybody. It is. This is um, episode 411, and I'm excited to uh, have you at Creatives Ignite, which used to be called Design Recharge, and I'm doing my best to not call it Design Recharge. Of course, I still do to my husband and my mom, because some people just don't know what it is if I don't say that. So, I'm excited to have everybody. Josh Gooch is in the house too. We got North Carolina. We got not just Dave from the UK is here. So my friend Pippa's here all the way to Jen Close in San Diego. So I appreciate everybody being here. And if you weren't able to come to Creative South, we are we brought it to you. Except hopefully all my slides will be correct today. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Me and Dave are going to give you our talk like we did, but maybe we won't have to go quite so fast, hopefully. Yeah. But it means that I can't really see the chat. So it will, um, I mean, I can see it, but it will be difficult. So I am excited to do this with the correct. Um, yeah. So psyched <laughs> for these fonts. That's right, Taylor. So what happened if you didn't know? Uh, Hannah ruined everything. No, I'm just kidding. Hannah didn't ruin everything. <laughs> Hannah was use, doing the backstage and she's like, we're using ProPresenter if you want these monitors in front so that we didn't have to turn around. Although Dave still turned around and wanted to read them from the big thing. Um, but we, the confidence monitors are what they're called. She's like, we're going to have to convert it to um, Keynote. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. Well, it was a PDF. I thought, how, how can she mess up that? You know, it's a PDF. It's locked down. Well, you still have to have fonts for Keynote. And I should have just converted all the... Anyway, I should have I should have done a lot of different things. Please learn from me. And at the end, I mean, the fonts were all messed up the entire time. I'm sure my mom didn't think anything of it. And it probably looked fine. But Dave was exactly who you wanted to have next to you. Because when the kerning was all tracked out and terrible, he said it really slow. And then when it was like, one of them was like, how to be a, and then super friend was like, so, so tight. So he said it really fast, super friend. And it, it was just, it really made it um, so much better. And it also was like, hey, it's not. This isn't, we're not trying to win awards on our um, our slide deck. What we're trying to do is get the message across. And I think we did, I think we did a good job getting the message across. I well, think we did. Yeah. The, sli the slides were there to support us and give us prompts, but they now you get to see the presentation properly. It is, you'll see, well, if you were there, you'll see the difference. If you weren't, then this is the best presentation you're going to see. <laughs> right. Maura, Maura came late that day, so she missed it. So in a way, Maura, this is perfect. So you get to see what we wanted it to be. You just can't hug us right after. Um, all right. So we're going to we're gonna go. I'm going to share. <laughs> uh, Sarah said it made the presentation even better. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, people did come up to me later and were like, did you do that on purpose? And maybe know, loads of people said that. Yeah. Like, oh, that was genius doing that. It's like, yeah, it wasn't though. <laughs> so uh, Dave came from the UK. He had come and he had. Do you want to tell him a little bit about what was um, for the at, at the beginning, like what your week was like, and as you yeah. came. So obviously, um, Diane and I were going to be talking at the 2020 event, and um, we know what happened. So it was a case of we had two years to really sort of keep in touch and talk about it. And then as soon as I was able to fly back to America, I came over last November and I went to Kelby One and did a couple of classes and stayed with my friend Alan, who's co-host of the podcast. Um, and then 
booked again to come over for Creative South, really excited because Mike had kept all the same speakers and it meant Diane and myself could do our talk that we'd been planning a very long time. Um, so what I did was I came out, I had a day in Dallas, just a day to myself, I'd never been there before. Uh, then I went to Kelby One again, did another class, and then I had four Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah, four full days at Creative South to see everyone that I've missed for two years i mean the good thing is we'll keep in touch in the slack group community and and everything but um yeah i was really excited because diane and i had like put together i mean you probably don't know this either but diane and i put together a presentation that was a lot different to this and we ran through it with our good friend dustin and dustin gave us some really good pointers and feedback and we kind of just minute well diane did a, i'm gonna give diane all the credit for this presentation because she did an amazing job picking the photos and the fonts and everything but we kind of pivoted the presentation a little bit this message was still there but it was just telling it in a different way so um yeah we, we had one rehearsal in in the hotel room with debbie clapper as our audience member um just to kind of go through the time and we, we got the timing about right um but yeah then when it was due to come on stage i mean originally it wasn't even going to be on the main stage it was going to be in the spot next door but um to actually be able to stand on stage and do this uh, was a huge honor for anyway because it was only my third credit south and diane's a pro so um yeah well, to actually to actually be up there with you by your side doing it was a, it was a huge honor but really, I had to visualize everything from the beginning. I'm like, Dave, I want to stand on this side. And he's like, whatever <laughs> side you want to stand on is fine with me. But I was like, I, I had it in my mind, you know, when you're rehearsing it or you're practicing it, I wanted to be, if you're looking at the stage, I wanted to be on the, if you're in the audience, you're, um, I was be on your right. I don't know why. It just felt like that was what I needed. And so I told Dave, I was like, this is the only thing I really needed. And we did do one trick here and Debbie's in here. So Debbie's seen it now. Oh. Three, this will be three times Hello, for Debbie. Debbie. Um was we did a um when you're you only have one clicker. Uh, oftentimes you might can have two, but this is a really ex uh, expensive and really a uh, strong uh, clicker. So you can actually go outside the building and still be clicking the slides and it will still, it's like a really strong clicker. Um, <laughs> so what happened was um, I was controlling the clicker. If you know me, you probably are like, oh yeah, right. We know you're a control freak, Diane. We got it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Dave, what color do you want to be? And he was going to be blue and I was going to be orange. Then that way it was a visual cue for us to know who was going to be talking. And so we didn't have to be like your turn and it wasn't a pause. And sometimes we did, but it was okay. So we're going to, we're giving you all the insights of how we did it so that, you know, you could actually do this too with somebody else from across the pond. It doesn't, you don't have to be where you can, um, you know, partner up right, right before, right. Yeah. We only, we only had zoom to go back and forth and, and share in a file back and forth, but it worked. I think it worked really well. Well, um, that's right. And they weren't for full, real Auburn colors, uh, Amy lines, because um, they were like a, a cyan kind of color, like a teal light. Teal, blue. Yeah. Yeah. That was the color Dave wanted and it did help. OK, so this is how to be a super friend. Yeah. Can you see no my chat. participants? You can't see that. No, I can't see okay, the chat good. or anything now. So it would just be us. Okay, I can see it. <laughs> sexy, so, that, sexy, correct type. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is this is what the type's supposed to look like, Lydia. And just so you guys know, if you do, if you type to everyone, 
then everybody will be able to see how funny you are instead of just me and Dave. Okay. So uh, Andrew introduced us and Dave, you can introduce us today. Yep. So um, obviously we came out and we've been through several iterations of what we, in fact, we didn't even have a name for this for quite some time. And then it kind of finally dawned on us after we'd gone through rehearsal, rehearsal and get back and forth that actually this talk was about the secret to being a super friend. That was the thing that we kept coming back to. So we decided to call it this. So that's what this presentation was, the secret to being a super friend. So then uh, are you are you clicking? Yes, I'm going to click. I'm sorry. <laughs> OK, uh, so obviously most of you know Diane and some of you know me, but um, what we explained was uh, we had oh yeah, 109 combined years of life. Right. Actually, I, I think I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong because your age plus my age is not that much. I'm 49 now. And I'm and I'm 56. Well, we just can't do math. Yeah, we just rubbish at math. So that's another thing. We're not very good at math. But anyway, <laughs> we've got over 100 years, combined years of life. So we had a lot of experience. We've been working for 83 years between us, uh, which is still a lot. I, in fact, yesterday um, we were in a work chat and my, my boss is 34. And it kind of went quite as everyone's going, happy birthday, Pete. And I just went, Pete. When I was 34, it was 1999, <laughs> and I felt so old. <laughs> um, but also, the other thing was, uh, we've got three good ears and three good eyes between us, which it, it's important because it kind of makes us who we are. Uh, so when I first did my presentations on stage, I was really self-conscious about my, my left eye. So I had a football accident uh, 14, 15 years ago now, um, I got whacked in the head three times and subsequently something happened at the back of my head, which means there's a blood vessel touching the nerve and it makes my left eye flicker and close. Um, and because it happened quite late on in life, I was very, very self-conscious of it. Um, but there's nothing I can do about it now. So what I do in my presentations is I put my name up and I make the eye in David tip over and I explain to people, you'll see from my name, I've got a wonky eye. Um, and then I explain, I'm not having a stroke, I'm not winking at you inappropriately. It's just a thing. It's there. And if you know it's there and I know you know it's there, then I'm going to be less aware of it. So it's the thing I still do. It's the thing I still tell people. Uh, the picture, this was from 1978. And I was on holiday with my family in Great Yarmouth, see my nan and granddad. And we stopped at this little place at Seaside. And this guy was taking your photograph and printing it out on a dot matrix printer. And this was this was the this was like the first time my face was digitally printed, and I still own it. It's still a piece of paper that I've got. Um, but mum and dad, being mum and dad, what you do when your kids is they also got a t-shirt made for me and my brother because we both had it done, and we spent the rest of that day wearing a t-shirt with our own faces on. <laughs> very very meta. <laughs> I but, love um, those that don't know me, uh, probably the biggest thing I've done in my career which you'll see how long my career has been very very soon um i was honored to write a book for scott kelby um called how do i do that in indesign i my desk my background is desktop publishing uh that was my first introduction in computer arts so um to to eventually come around to writing a book to go with these other two books was a huge honor uh it's with the publisher rocky nook uh, it's available in all good bookshops and some rubbish ones. And uh, I'm really proud of it. It's um, 
every every image in there as well because i'd steal the artwork for it um if you do get a copy there's pictures of people from creative south the, you know, i've name checked loads of people all the images of my friends or family or fr- you know events i've been to so i wanted to really personalize it but um yeah very proud of that it's been been done in polish and spanish as well sweet so, yeah so i'm big in poland and spain um Speaking of, you know, the eye thing um, and being at your comfort zone, I appeared, I did my first ever Photoshop world, this uh, image at top left-hand corner. That was 2016, and that was my first ever public speaking appearance. Um, it was to do an InDesign class uh, for an hour, and there was about 50 people. I was in a hallway. It wasn't in a main room to start with, and there was about 50 people there, and... Um, that was a photograph that was taken from the back and about 40 minutes in the projector failed. So this is my first, my first ever public speaking appearance, my first ever Photoshop world. And the first time I was ever teaching people and the monitor died on me. Um, I had 20 minutes left to fill, uh, which I suddenly kicked into autopilot. Um, and, and that comes from some of the stuff you're going to see very soon. I went after that one. I got invited back, thankfully. Um, I ended up doing the same, uh, a similar talk to 300 people in the room. Two bit massive screens. Everything worked all right. I was still nervous. I'm still, you know, still did the whole, my name's David with the wonky eye thing. Still told everyone. But it allowed me to step out my comfort zone a little bit, which is something I'd never really put myself forward, being an introverted, short, fat ginger kid which you'll see shortly um didn't have all the confidence in the world but it's something i just someone had faith put faith in me and i really wanted to do it so i've been very fortunate enough to do four photoshop worlds in person uh photography show two adobe max classes uh the two online years um and also i'd recorded my just just coming out to creative south i just recorded my ninth kelby one class and this was this all started in 2010 this doesn't this isn't a career that goes back years and years this all started from 2010 a co-host podcast uh promise this isn't all about me <laughs> this day in a minute uh but for those who don't know i co-host podcast which i started in 2018 um diane's going to be episode 166 which i'm currently editing taking out all, all of my coffin because guess who came back from america with covid so uh subsequently all through the interview i was just coughing and coughing and coughing so i've got to take all that out uh been very very blessed with the amount of people that downloaded it, it, it very early on we we had um it's just a stroke of luck we just hit hit a sweet spot um the numbers really don't mean anything because you know as nice as it is that people download it it's only as good as the people who interact so um they're a bit deceiving. Uh, the, the nice thing was, was we did encourage people to leave reviews very early on. And we ended up somehow with 108 five-star reviews. So we thought we're doing something right. Um, That's awesome. It, it's been good fun. I've spoken to so many, uh, obviously coming from that design background, I could call on a lot of people from the events I've been to. But also we had people like Austin Cleon, uh, Chase Jarvis, um, some some photography friends. We just sometimes you just, uh, just go ask, but dad's just say, if you don't ask, you don't get. So worst they can say is no. But um, it started with me and my friend Glenn Dewis, um, and then Glenn left at, uh, April 2020, and Alan Hess, my, my good friend from San Diego, who I also met at Photoshop World, 
um, he's my co-host now. So um, it's been really good fun. Okay, so just so you know, I'm not a natural blonde. I started graying when I was 14. This is what I looked like when I was not 14. Um, but I've always been a short kid. I don't. I just wanted to have some young photo like Dave did. I didn't have a dot matrix printer thing, and I don't know why my slide's not, um, of course. Uh, so about my ear, you may or may not know. I know Van has a bad ear, too. And maybe a lot of us have bad ears, but I have a bad ear, and I didn't know that it was anything. Um, no, it's not you, Hannah. It was me um, this time. So I hear things, and one time my friend Joanna was saying, oh, I had an auto body experience. And this has been, I didn't know it was anything until recently when I went to the get a hearing test and it's a disease, but I only have it in one ear. So it's called osclosclerosis. I don't, please don't ask me to say it again or spell it. But I heard when she says an auto body experience, I was like, wow, that's weird. I, like at the garage? But no, she said she had had an out-of-body experience. But all these mishears have made for much more funny things. Sometimes I am like, I know I used to say them out loud when I thought I was like, did you just say? And now I just keep my mouth closed and I laugh inside or laugh out loud because sometimes it's just so funny. But this one I thought was really funny. And if you don't know what I do, I do a lot of web design. I've written two chapters in a book. I haven't written the whole book. Um, and but I because I know lots of people from just meeting lots of people, I beat one of the chapters just featured other people because I like to talk about other people and not in a bad way, of course, all in a good way, but lift other people up. And then this episode right now, see, Jason, you're on there. You were on there because I was just hoping you were going to be at Creative South. This is my good friend, Jason Karn. He, um, I don't know what episode he's been on like uh, the most of anybody, but um, this episode with Dave today is episode 411. So I'm really excited and thank you, Dave, for doing this and um, thanks for being on stage with me when you were. So if you don't know, also, I would love to be an illustrator. And I also love collage. And I love the insides of envelopes. And Amy gave me, Amy Lyons came to Creative South with this bag of full of awesome inside of envelopes or uh, security envelopes. And I have it right there. I haven't gone through it all yet. I've gone through some of it, but I haven't organized it yet, but I love it. And so in uh, 2019, my friend Lydia, who I used to work with in Colorado, um, they, she asked me, she had written a book about a car with ADHD. And she asked me if I would illustrate it because I had done some other things with collage in, in my Instagram and she saw it and she was like, Hey, I'd would you want to do this? And I'm just showing you that it's physically there. And then I used all of Dustin's brushes for with retro supply. So that's something I've done. If you need a good book about ADHD, it's a good one. Um, in 2016, I have, I had an idea for doing um, a camp or something that was a whole month long. So, you know, how, like you get into a habit of doing something or doing creative process, um, but I didn't want it kind of over the head, uh, like a Skillshare class. Nothing's wrong with Skillshare. I love Skillshare. I'm a longtime member, but I didn't want something like that. I wanted it to be more about business. Well, in 2016, I had this idea. Yes, summer camp. And so that was when it, it came. I was like, well, most of us have 
more downtime in the summer and we can do more things that are for our businesses then. And I was talking to my friend Dustin and he was like, well, you should do it different. Why don't you just be on screen with everybody? I thought everybody was just going to be sending me a video and I would edit it and whatever. And he was like, why don't you do it different? So I did. And then my friend Mario was like, uh, this was in May of 2020 and kind of the world blew up. We'd already gone online. So it was a perfect timing. And thanks, Jen. It was perfect timing, but it was it was so um, it was just not a great time to I felt like to, hey, would you like to spend some money? You know, like it, it could be sensitive or and it was just a bad time, at least for in America. We were having a lot of um, uh, racial things and um, there was just a lot of stress. And so I was like, well, that what I think camp is supposed to be is supposed to be opposite of that. Right. And, and in the UK, lots of times my UK friends don't um, know about what camps like, but most people maybe in America get an idea of that. You, you might not have gone. I didn't go away for a long time. Just a week was the longest I ever went away. But um, anyway, so I, I was having these doubts. My friend Mario said, um, you, cause I really had felt called to do this. So I had felt called to do it. And then I put it on hold, on hold, on hold. And so then I was like, no, I'm going to do it in December of 2019. I had made that commitment and Mario reminded me that I wasn't called to be successful. I was just called to be obedient. So in that I launched it and it was a huge success. And so, and Dustin was like, look, it'll either be a huge success or it'll be a huge failure. And so Dave was, I had one workshop the first year. I had 27 speakers. It was for all five weeks. And um, twice a week, we would meet at two different times. We would meet uh, one at night on Wednesdays uh, for us. So it was like midnight for y'all in, in the UK. And then and on Saturday, it was like in the afternoon for the UK people. And it was in the morning for us. And uh, Dave was my workshop uh, speaker that year. And that was terrific. And it was really cool. And lots. this was a time where lots of people were just kind of, they'd gone online, but they just hadn't really gotten their rhythm. So it was just perfect, perfect timing. And then the next year, this was Vans here too today. Um, so Van was one of my workshop speakers and one of my speakers. And so I I heard, I listened to what people said that it was a lot to take in, um, a different, you know, 27 speakers, one a day, almost for every day, even some of the weekends. So I changed it so that it was, um, it was less maybe intense, but you could dive in and you could have some time. And I wasn't trying to make it so that we were doing it <laughs> like we were on a um, auctioneer. Temp, you know, I wasn't making it so that we had to talk so fast to get within 30 minutes because I was like, ah, oh, 30 minutes and there's a worksheet and whatever. Right. So, again, we met with the twice a week fireside chats and that was, it was really nice. It was a way to get to know people that weren't just in maybe your local area and you, we made some good friends and I made some good friends. And I think that that was one of the beautiful, beautiful things. Maura had written a great um, uh, blog post and Maura, you should put that in the, the chat. And it was really like in over the pandemic, we didn't talk about all this because I was really concerned about time during the thing. So sorry, you're getting a little bit extra. Um, but uh, Maura talked about how, you know, you, you go and you're now alone for all this time and now coming back and going to that first conference again, I think is um, 
is is different and better, but it can be scary. And I think going online and being on camera was scary for a lot of people too. So these are some of the people that I spent time with on a weekly basis over the pandemic. More is there in the bottom. And then we have from all over. Shane at that point was still in Ireland, but now he's in Portugal. Brandy's in Canada, right? We got Paul, who you'll see next week on the show. And again, these um, these people helped get me through, right? Um, I do some a group called Power Station, and I... It, it really helped me. It still helped me. I've been doing it even before the pandemic. So, but one of the things that Dave and I wanted to, we kind of wanted to give a little background of who we are and what we do. So that part's over. Now the teaching part comes in and I'll, um, sorry, Alan, you can't stay. Um, so I always think of it like there's a electrical outlet and there's the lamp, right? Um, and there's that cord that really we don't notice all that much. Um, lots of times we try to hide that cord or we put it in the back or you make it clear like this, but I think the cord is what Dave and I do. Dave does it for so many people. And I try to connect people as well. And maybe you are connecting people like this. So on these screens, these peach ones, these are, this is, um, oh, Hey, Adrian, um, this is where you're supposed to type something in the chat. So how many of you are more comfortable on this side of the screen than you are maybe on stage or with the focus on you? And then no one will answer. Okay. Yes. Good. Okay. Yes. This side, we get it. We happy on both D said that's good. So I think that a lot of us as designers or as photographers, we're behind the camera, right? Um, but we really are taking something and making something better. And being on the other side of the, the screen or on camera can make us uncomfortable, but it also, this is what we are doing for other people. So we're really good at it. So you're already good at being a super friend. Um, one of the things I think of it is like, okay, well, I don't really want to be the cheerleader up top. I don't have that awesome of a body, but this is actually like Mario knows somebody in this photo. He's like, how did you get this photo? I'm like, I stole it off the internet. It is not a legal photo, but, um, but I always think about this because we are looking at the people on top, not the people on bottom, but us as designers, photographers, we are the the bottom cheerleaders and we are helping to put somebody else's message out so much so that people don't even notice us, right? We're just doing our job, the sweaty job sometimes. So we're just the connectors. We're happy in the background. And why should you care? Well, because maybe you want to make an impact and you want to change the world. You want to make the world a better place. You want to do things better for other people and your clients. Now hey, it's Dave's turn. <laughs> <laughs> we're rusty. Yes, we're rusty. Um, so yeah, to go back to the, the title of the, the presentation, how to be a super friend. Um, there's lots of things you can do. It's not just about being uh, just saying that you are. Uh, it's about being a, a good wingman or wing person. Um, I, I love Barney in How I Met Your Mother. I just love the way he'd always introduce someone in a bar. But there's more to it than just doing that. You know, it's great that we can be connectors, but being a wingman is all about not just introducing someone, but you're kind of doing a warm introduction. So if you introduce your friend, you know, Jeff to your friend Jenny, um, you're not going to do that if Jeff's an idiot. 
and you're not going to waste Jenny's time. So you kind of have to put in a lot of thought about how you introduce people, why you're introducing them and what you think they can do together. And also, ultimately, that still could help you. But you're you're being the super friend, but you're also introducing potential super friends. So if you do this, don't just introduce them and walk away. Stay tuned into the conversation. Be part of it because you're now invested in this. You've put two things together and you're invested in it. So help them be part of the conversation. You might find out something about both those people that they'll relate to each other that you didn't know. And that could be useful later on. Um be willing to be vulnerable first. So that, you know, I mentioned my eye and it's always a conversation starter. And um, it could just be that I share something um, like, a, you know, an embarrassing story, like, Oh, you introduced you to someone. Oh, last time I did this, this happened. It's you, you can always kind of break it, take the tension out of it. Um, also things about being a super friend uh, is sharing opportunities or give them away. And what I mean by that is sometimes we get opportunities that may be, we can't do that at that moment it might be something that we can kind of bank thinking okay that could be useful um i'm going to come back to this because there's another couple of points always say thank you i know it sounds like a really ridiculous thing to say and and what was funny mike jones shouted out thank you dave uh (laughs) from the back of springer house but say thank you like just even if it's a, a text or an email or whatever no matter what anyone said or done for you just say thank you. It really, really matters so much. And, and it's a lost art politeness. Um, social media has taken that away. And also doing unexpectedly nice things. So and that means, um, yeah, I do it a lot. If I, I get a great, great deal of satisfaction out of doing things for other people um, and I don't expect anything back in return, that what I get back in return is the satisfaction that I've done it. Now, number four and number six have an asterisk. And that was because I wanted to share a story that was connected to creative south so you've seen from the beginning i got to do photoshop world if you don't know kelby one check out kelby one.com is a guy called scott kelby he's been he used to run the national association of photoshop professionals which is the napp which is when i first joined them um and through uh i can't remember if this is late i think yeah this this does come up later on but I'd built a connection and a friendship, a relationship with Scott and the company. And I was sat there and Len- Lenny and Bella are up on stage. It was my first Creative South. And uh, Lenny's got his daughter, Bella, up. Now, if you don't know Bella, she's an amazing human being. She's been, she's basically been in a wheelchair since birth. And she's really got, she's got more guts than a lot of people I know who can do pretty much all the things. Um, and he was telling a story about she was leaving school um, she'd finished school, but she wasn't going to go to, uh, I guess for him, it's university, but for college, she wanted to be a photographer and she wanted to take time away and do it on her own. And, and I'm sat there and he's telling this story and I'm like, I'm, I won't, I won't, I'm not ashamed to say I had a tear or two rolling down my face because it was such an inspiration. You could see how, how much Lenny dotes on Bella. And she's saying she wants to be a photographer and it's really hard for her because she's in a wheelchair. So everyone she photographs, she photographs their crotch uh, because she's lower down. So, um, But she said she just wants to find an opportunity to pursue this. And I'm sat there thinking, I know Scott Kelby. I can invite people to Photoshop World as my guest. I can give Bella something that I have an opportunity to give away. So 
as soon as that talk finished, I went straight to the merch, Lenny's merch table. And I said, I was like, Lenny, Lenny, I need to speak to you. I need to tell you something. And I was so excited. And I said, like, look, I've got this thing. I've Kelby one and Photoshop and blah, blah, and I was just blurting it all out. Um, then I took a breath and then I told him again <laughs> in uh, improper English. Uh, basically, I hadn't even checked with Scott Kelby. I knew Scott would do it. I knew Scott trusted me. And I knew if I said to Scott, I want to do this. Scott would completely back me 100%. So I got Lenny and Bella tickets to come to Photoshop World in Orlando. I got Bella uh, with Scott. We gave her a year's membership of Kelby One so she could learn at her own pace from all like the best instructors on there. And also, Glyn and I, my best friend, uh, Glyn Dewis, we, because we're speakers, we each get a hotel room as, as a speaker perk. But we always room together anyway. So what I did was I spoke to Glenn and said that year, look, can we both ask for a room? And then are you okay if we still room together? Because I want to give Lenny and Bella my room so they don't even have to pay for a room. All they've got to do is get to Orlando. Uh, we did it. They came down. If I wish I'd found the photographs, you should see the smile on Bella's face. She got to meet some of her photography heroes. She got to have the best, absolutely the best time. And everyone was so accommodating. They made sure she sat at the front of everything she wanted to. Um, and they managed to stay for a couple of extra days as well. So that's what I mean by doing unexpected, nice things. We get opportunities. Don't waste them. You know, if you can help someone and pass it on, you don't, you don't always realize sometimes the smallest gesture can be the biggest thing for someone else. So always, always think of, think of other people when you get those chances. Uh, the other thing is about being loyal, and this is a long-term thing. This this is about being friends, not just because it's a five-minute, you know, wonder. Oh, I want to be your best friend. Is you should never under underestimate anyone you meet. I've met people before now. First impressions, I was just thinking they don't like me, or or there's something I don't like about them. Don't try to avoid doing that because. You don't know what their background is. You don't know where they come from. You don't know what kind of day they're having. Um, and I and now it's an art that I never underestimate anyone. It's up to them to spoil the relationship. Um, and, you know, we've all met people that do that. But that's a really important thing. Don't try and eclipse the other person. If you meet someone and they're telling you something, don't automatically go into one-upmanship mode. Don't be like, oh, hey, you've done that. Yeah, well, I've done that four times. Or, oh, you've done this. Well, I did it better. Because all you're doing is that they've got this opportunity to, to actually maybe be confident and tell something they've never told before, and you're just eclipsing them. Um, same thing is when you become friends, part of being loyal is sticking up for your friends. Um, and when it's to stand up for them when they're being attacked, we don't mean like behind the bar down an alley by a dumpster where, <laughs> where they're being mugged. It's online. It's um, if you're in a conversation and someone's maybe saying some not nice things, stand up for them because they might not be there to defend themselves. And also they may not be able to defend themselves because they're online. And sometimes you want to fight back. You can't. The best thing I've always said um, with my friends in the industry is, if someone attacks you online, the best the best way to kind of resolve it is let let, let your friends defend you, and yeah. you you watch it's like it's like a pack of pack of wolves. They go in and it's not nasty, but it's about just defending them, just being positive about them, and kind of saying, "Well, you know, that's a mean that's a mean thing. Why have you said that? What's your what's your rationing for that?" Because 
people are like that, sadly. Um, this was another one that made people laugh. Open their emails. I don't mean go and take their computer and go in the dark room and, and read through all their emails. What I mean is if someone who you know is creative, um, whether it's Diane or maybe Debbie or Dustin, if they've got an email newsletter, sign up for it because it matters to them. It really helps them to know that the content they're putting out is useful. So open the email, click on a link. If they've put something they want you to do, an action, call to action, click on it and go and see what it is because these statistics matter. If they do a survey, fill in the survey. Dustin always sends out surveys and I always fill them in and I always tell him, you know, what I'd love to see. Um, share their stuff. I'm a, a real big bugbear for me is when you sit and you craft a social media post where you're maybe promoting something you're doing or something you've done or you know, a, a really cool thing that you're proud of. It's really lovely that you click like, you know, it, I know you've seen it and you like it, but do you know what would be awesome if you could just share that with your friend? Because to give my book as an example, if I say to someone, oh, hey, I've written a book about InDesign and they're like, oh, cool. I love InDesign. Brilliant. And they stick their thumb up. It's like, okay, they like they've written a book. But what it would really mean a lot more to me is they, if they say, oh, oh <laughs> I <laughs> I know I've got some friends who are learning in design. Oh, I need to tell them about your book. That's what I mean by sharing their stuff. It's lovely that you like it, but but please share it and share it on your social media. If you look through my Instagram, I'm forever sharing other people's stuff and promoting their business. I've no, I've no affiliate schemes or anything like that involved. It's just I do it because I love them. I do it because they love their stuff and I know it helps them. Um, and it matters. I didn't mean and, to- I didn't mean to press the That's down right. so fast. <laughs> and same as if you do like, just comment. Even if you're not going to share it, just comment and say why you like the post. You're like, oh, love that new pack you've done. Um, I love retro stuff. Or, oh, that was a great talk you did. You know, just, just leave a little comment because just seeing that feedback, that interaction means such a lot if you're putting the work in. Hannah says she just ordered it and it'll be here Friday. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, the, uh, sorry, I was like leaning in and it just <laughs> threw my thing. So the other one is to remind people that they're important to you and how you can do that is some of the same things that, uh, Dave said, but one of the things is, you know, um, if you talk to people in a way that makes them feel important because they are important, like one thing Dave does is it doesn't matter who it is. He always treats everybody the same, um, and one thing I do is just you can strengthen your memory. There's games to play to strengthen your memory. You can remember something about them. If you can't remember their name, you're not good with names or faces, then maybe you remember a story that they talked to you about. So you're not like just trying to like one up them. You're just trying to remember something about them. And then something else that I do is I um, reintroduce myself. So when I don't, I'm not sure if they'll remember me. I just say, Hey, I'm Diane because it's really feels like a heel when you're like, I have no idea. I know we've talked. I can't. And it's hard to say that it's hard to be that person to say, I can't remember your name. It may could be my sister. And I just have blanked on her name. Right. So it's good to have that wingman to be like, Oh, you're such a heel, Dave. I'm I'm Diane. What's your name? You know, and you ask somebody and then Dave gets out for, he doesn't have to say, uh, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't introduce you or I can't remember your name, but I always think, Hey, this is the even better is just reintroduce yourself because they, you don't know where 
somebody was when you met them. They could have been really busy or they could have been really tired. They remember your conversation, but they can't remember something. So I just want to share. There was a story I was going to tell on stage. I wanted to share that my older brother does. Um, whenever I'm with Alan, my brother can never remember anyone's name, but he can always remember their face. So if someone's walking towards him, he'll go, he'll say to me, Oh, Dave, this guy that's coming, coming towards me. Um, I don't know his name. And so I, don't worry, got you covered. So we have this little thing where I say, oh, hi, I'm um, hi, I'm Alan's brother, Dave. So what's your name? And they'll go, oh, it's Tom. And my brother always goes, I could have told you that was Tom, Dave. And <laughs> but it, it always makes me that. But it's just a little trick. It makes that person feel like you haven't forgotten their name. And I'm the vulnerable one because I'm being the one being, oh, I don't know you. Hello, I'm Dave. What's your name? And then my brother just steams in and throws me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> And, and when you're in, and this happens a lot when you are in a, at a conference. So this is something I absolutely, oh, thank you so much for Amora put her post on there. So you guys should click on it because it was really good. Um, but you, it, if you're standing in a circle, sometimes if you're at a conference or you're, you're excited to be with your friends, right? You haven't seen them in a while, but always leave one hole for an invisible person to be able to come up and make room so that it may be uncomfortable. I don't know why cats like to squeeze into these tiny spaces, but just this is your visual cue to remember to make room for other people. And um, that was make room for other people. And then I like to do the math. I think it's math is difficult. Clearly, Dave and I can't do the math of our, our ages. But um, so I always try to talk to Dave in Dave's time zone. He's British summertime now. So I try to talk to him. I try to say, hey, I know it was 730 when we started for him today, just because I'm I've done it enough and I can tell I have a little bit of hard time with the Hawaii because they don't change time zones. There's certain times, right? But I try. That just makes people not, they might not ever notice. But if you're doing it for them, then they don't have to do it. And they, it just feels like it just comes out and it just makes it easier for them to show up or, you know, tell you things or be connected. So it's just one little thing. So my friend Jody, who's Jody's here, she didn't get to come either. Um, she came late to Creative South. So her and, um, more are getting the long version of our talk. Um, but Jody one time called me a gold digger. Now, Jody knows me um, from long time. We used to work together in the 90s in Denver. And she, but we've been friends and we meet all the time now online. She's in Boise, Idaho, which is really far away. Dave, I don't know. how It's like three days drive for me to get from here to Boise. So it's a long way away. So Jody told, called me a gold digger. And I was like, uh, do you know what that is? And because I'm thinking uh, my husband's older, but I didn't marry him for his money. You know, um, And she said, yes, I know what that is. Uh, it means that you because you can see the gold in people when other people maybe just see dirt or they just see dirt in themselves. And so Mario always he's like, maybe you should change it to gold miner. You're a gold miner now. But we all can do this. You see this in your friends. You see something like Dave saw with Bella he saw something and sometimes people just need somebody to lift them and, or to see it and, and verbalize what they put your, how great you are, something, right. Could be that somebody else just hasn't ever told them that, but that's totally how they show up and that's how everybody sees them. So you just need to be mining their gold. So I think the one thing I believe that we are um, called to care, 
carry each other's burdens or share each other's burdens. It's a Bible verse from Galatians. Um, and to me, this is, this is the way to do that, to be there, to be there for someone in everything, in that conversation, leaving a hole in your circle. So listening to somebody, really listening, um, talking to them in their time zone and being that lifter. Okay. Now, Dave, it's your turn. Yeah. So obviously all these things, they're all leading up to something. Um, one of the things is like like our portfolio. So we have stocks and shares if we do it into the financial world. But for me, my stocks and shares are how, how my my wealth is not about money. My wealth is how well I use my time. Um, it, that doesn't just mean you have to sit and like learn and do stuff. It's just making sure that the time you spend. I, I think it was a saying that says time uh, time well spent is not is not time wasted. I to paraphrase it. Um, but if I use my time wisely, it it it's a it makes me wealthy. I'm using it well. I'm gaining experience, whether that's speaking to people or learning online or reading a blog post or an email newsletter, um, making new friends. Uh, funny enough, I was um, I was on TikTok this week. I I know people laugh when I say on TikTok. There's a lot of really good designers and creatives on TikTok. It's not all idiots dancing there's some really good content and there's this girl in england her name's liz um i need to find her full name um, because i do want to give her a shout out and liz mosley um and i was watching her content and it was really resonated with this talk that we're doing because she was kind of saying the same stuff so i connect i connected and I said, hi, Liz, I love what you're saying. I just did a talk with my friend Diane and some of the stuff you said was kind of what we were saying. Uh, it's really good to meet you. I signed up for a newsletter. I followed her on social media. And this week she sent an email out saying, hi, I'm Liz. If you've just joined my newsletter, I just wanted to tell you a bit more about me. This is my background. I lived here. I live there. I'm married. I've got children, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'd love for you to reply to this email and tell me a bit about yourself. So I did. I replied and I said, this is my background. I've got kids. I do this. I do that. I, the reason why I connected with you, why I loved you was because what you were saying was because of this. I could have just liked her post and scrolled on. But for me, it was really important. I've made a friend or a colleague. Um, we may not end up being besties, but I'm going to follow her. She's got a podcast. So I'm subscribing to her podcast. She's giving mine a listen. Just the, those little things. That to me is like putting money in the bank. It's just a, a, a great feeling of, of wealth. Um, your skills and resources as well. We all do spend a lot of time, particularly through pandemic, where we've had time to learn new things. Uh, don't just keep it to yourself. You know, if you find cool resources, uh, if you learn new things, find new books. I'm a, I'm a big book lover, so I share my all my graphic design books on Instagram called Clayton Design Library. Um, it's all my design books on there. People always ask me about them. So I put them in a place to share. You can see the cover and for every single book. And there's, there's 500 in there. I do a flick through of the whole book in about, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. That's right. Um, sorry. That's right. <laughs> but these are all things that make me wealthy. These are all things that fill up my bank account of, of goodness. Um, and the more you do it, the more satisfaction you're going to get from it. And you're going to earn interest from, from doing this stuff. And, and sometimes we have resources, and this is kind of what Dave talked about before. Sometimes we have a resource or we have two tickets or we have um, a discount code for somebody else. You can always use that. So say if, or if, say they're sending you an email and they're like, hey, this is something, share it with a friend. They get a dollar, they get this 
whatever uh, membership for a dollar for a month. You know, sometimes it's just nice to do something like that. And I know that mm. Dave's done stuff like that. He buys things. You what um, buys things with money? Yes, but it's also like what we're doing. What are you doing? Um, maybe you do something for a nonprofit. That's your skills and resources too. Yeah. So. How many in the chat member, the peach ones are interactive. Um, this was a little bit easier when we were just raising hands, but um, you guys could raise your hand, but we wouldn't see you. Um, so how many of you have ever sent an email? I'm imagining everyone in here is saying yes. Amy Lyon says yes. So Dave. <laughs> right. So sending emails. I know it seems like a really like weird thing to say, but communicating with people is really important. And when we send an email, I know there's a lot of people say, keep it short and sweet. And other people, others are like, no, tell me all the things. One of the things I've found um, using emails is connecting with people and not just a lot of us very guilty of asking for stuff. Um, and I've been the person that I am way, way back in 2009. Like I said, I, I wanted to get some uh, photography training. I found this company called the NAPP on Google. I liked the look, what they did. I've been buying their magazine called Photoshop User Magazine. and uh, But it, it seemed like a very American-centric organization, but they had a lot of really cool stuff. So I sent an email to their, uh, like their, uh, their marketing person and said, hey, look, I found you. I've been reading your magazine for years. Uh, I'm in the UK. You do a lot of really cool stuff. Like people join, they get signed books, but... Anyone in England doesn't get that. And yet we would still pay the same price for membership. So is there anything I can do? Any feedback I can give you? Is there anything I can help in any way to help other people like me in the UK get something like get more benefit from this membership? And it was $199 at the time. It was a lot of money. Um, they eventually half halved it. They made it a cheaper version for international, which was something that I'd, I'd help do. Uh, where you got a digital version of the magazine. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like a, an international membership. But all I saw, I didn't ask for anything. I'd, I'd paid for my own membership. All I wanted to do was help them. They came back. They were very positive. Um, they made me, uh, I called it an evangelist, um, which was, you know, you know what the meaning of evangelist is. That's what I did. I wasn't paid for it. Uh, I set up a website, social media presence. It was called Nat Member UK. And I'm trying to think it's within two years I'd I'd got 110 people to join NAPP um, which was the most anyone had ever done and that was just me being me that was just me connecting pointing people um, but one of the things I wanted to do was they had this big event called Photoshop World in America um, and I'm sat here in Swindon in, in England looking at the fair prices thinking Look, I've got, to sh I've got to show these people who I am. I've got to go to their event. I've got to put my money where my mouth is. So I invested in myself. Um, I put some money away. I got a flight to Las Vegas. I stayed in Mandalay Bay. I was going to my first ever event. I thought it was going to be like a teeny tiny fish in a massive, massive pond. And the first thing that happened when I got there was I was making instant friends. Um, Alan Hess, who's now my one of my best friends and co-host, we were stood in an elevator and he looked down at me and said, are you Dave Clayton? And I was like, yeah, because by then I was like, my name was associated with being the NAP evangelist. And I said, yeah, you're Alan Hess. How do you know it was me? He said, 
nobody else in america would have skin as pale as yours and not be english so you had to be dave and we just became fast friends um i'd obviously gone to meet scott i got to meet scott introduce myself i'd also got scott to come to london and come and do a talk uh for uk members and uk photographers and i emailed scott and said hey when you come to london I'd love to take you out for a coffee and just chat to you. We didn't really get much of a chance at Photoshop World. Um, and, you know, if it's anything I can do to help your day when you're teaching any better, assist you, whatever, uh, I'd love to. He came straight back and said, Dave, we're spending the day together in London. We're going to go out. I'm going to invite this other guy I know called Glenn Jewis, who's a photographer in the UK. Um, we're going to spend the day together. I met Glyn um, 14th of October, 2010. <laughs> I'm good with dates like that. Uh, we met at Paddington Station and we went and met Scott and we had a fantastic day with Scott and uh, uh, two really good friendships were forged that day. So far, that's two emails and I've had two incredible things come out of it. And all I've done is offered my help. Through being at Photoshop World, I got a relationship with Adobe because they sponsored it and I got to get to know all the Adobe evangelists. Um, then I got to meet this lovely lady called Kathy Waite, um, who worked with Adobe. And I said to her, you know, I'd love one day, I'd love to go to Adobe Max, but it's way out of my price range. It's, I just really couldn't do it. Um, she very kindly arranged for me to be able to go to Max and be a teaching assistant. Uh, she wouldn't have done it if she didn't trust me, um, but it was a lovely thing for her to do. So I had to pay to go to Adobe Max. Now, this is a halfway point of this story. There's a point to this. Um, in that time, uh, I'd seen this blog post by this guy called Aaron Draplin. I didn't know who he was, um, but two things stuck out for me. One, I loved his aesthetic. I loved his work ethic and I loved his bookshelf. And I took screenshots of his bookshelf and I now have a book problem because of Aaron Draplin because I found so many cool books. But I'd seen that he'd been to England once. So I sent an email to Aaron Draplin. Hey, I've just seen this blog post. Um, loved what you love what you were talking about. Love your bookshelf. I'd love to see more of your bookshelf. Um, I see you came to England once. I'd love for you to come over again. What can I do to make this happen? Is there anything I can help you with? Um, he came back and said, I'd love to come back, but obviously, you know, the costs and everything. Um, I don't know how we could make it work. So I was actually going to do a Kickstarter scheme to get this to happen and take all the risk i knew what his fee was i knew what the flight was um but luckily due to my relationship with adobe i went to them and said hey look i've got this opportunity this guy said he'll come over um could you help sponsor it in any way um and my friend tony harmer give him the credit he was at adobe at the time he said leave it with me and i'll come back to you he came back to me and he said adobe have agreed to pay for it if you've got him to the point where he'll come we'll pay for it, which was amazing because I could go back to Aaron and say, hey, look, I'm going to hand you over to Adobe now. They've, they're going to put on a whole event with you. It was him, Dan Mumford. Uh, I can't remember the other person that was on. Uh, but I was going to Adobe Max. I wanted to meet him. I wanted to put my face in front of him. He recognized me straight away, which was fantastic. We had a big hug. If you've met Aaron, he's a hugger. Um, so we spent a bit of time there and he was going to come back to London, which he did. Uh, another thing that happened uh, while I was at Adobe Max, I'd seen there was a class being held by a company called Astute Graphics. 
and I knew who they were. Uh, I didn't have their products at the time, but I had tested it. So I emailed them and said, hey, I'm going to be at Adobe Max. I can see you are. I've got a bunch of friends in the industry. Um, you're obviously doing plugins for Illustrator. If I can help in any way while I'm there, I'd love to meet you. And I'd love to introduce you to as many people that I know and get them to know your product. Um, Camilla came back, marketing manager. She was super friendly. She was like, yeah, let's meet up. That'll be amazing. So um, we met up. We had breakfast. I met Nick. I told Nick the Aaron Draplin story. He was very impressed. Unbeknown to me, Nick watched me for the whole of the rest of Adobe Max, which I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, I went and did my business, had an amazing time um, in San Diego, got to stay with Alan at his house, a friend I'd met through Photoshop World. All these things connected. These are all coming from emails that I'd sent. And um, yeah, subsequently came back to London. I picked Aaron up from Heathrow. Um, we, we shared the hotel. And Nick decided to bring his team down to the talk, brought the whole staff down, which I thought was a bit overkill. I thought he's very generous. Well done him. Um, that photograph in the bottom left-hand corner at the front, that was the Astute Graphics team at the time. And where that little green arrow is, that's me running Aaron's merch table. So subsequently, I didn't see him do his talk. <laughs> I could hear it, but I had to, I had to look after his merch table um met nick and the team we had lunch together uh two things happened here one what i didn't realize was the reason why nick brought his whole staff down was because he was so impressed the way i behaved and the way i presented myself at adobe max that he wanted to hire me but he only wanted to hire me if his if all of his team liked me and if one of them didn't I wasn't getting a job. I had no clue this was happening. I, I didn't even think there was a job opportunity at Astute Graphics. Loved the team. Did my thing. Got to the end of the night. Said my goodbyes to Aaron because I had to go back to work the following morning. Ran off to the train station and I had about £600 of Aaron's money in my pocket. I had all of his take-ins from the merch table and I'd run off with it. So, so what looked like a really super friendly thing to do was maybe just my cunning plan to run off with Aaron's money. I was so mortified. I ran back to the venue knowing I could well miss my train home, uh, which my wife would have been ridiculously angry about. Um, but it mattered to me that I didn't do this to Aaron. This was like this huge, big opportunity. Uh, so I ran back. I was out of breath. I, I tried to explain. I gave him his money. Bless him. He gave me 20 quid to get a taxi back to the station. I made my train by about two minutes and got home. Now, again, this seems like a very long-winded story, but this, this is really important to me because this is what my career has been built around. These, this, this first thing I did in 2009 was the first time I've really been involved in this creative industry. Um, I was just a guy wanting to learn Photoshop in 2009. I was 44 years old, 44 years old. Up to that point, I'd just been Dave. Um, these little jigsaw pieces came together because I'd sent emails because I'd offered to help because I was, you know, what now I realize are unselfish um, moves. Some of the nice things that have come, come about was Nick offered me the job at Astute Graphics. Um, I had four incredible years there. I met, met so many great designers, built so many relationships. Um, Creative South, which I'll come to in a minute, was one of those relationships with Mike Jones. Um, 
sadly i did get laid off after covid uh it absolutely broke my heart because it was absolutely the best job i've ever had and i still don't think i'm really over it i'm it's like the best girlfriend you've ever had and she dumps you i'm, I'm still hurting from it but i love them um they're, they're a great team amazing products one of the nice things was uh Aaron did his Skillshare classes and I was watching one of them. I would support him. I watch his stuff. I buy his stuff. I spend money with him. And I got a little thank you in the credits. Now, I know he thanks a lot of people, but what was lovely was, A, I didn't expect it. And B, I was on like the first page with his family. So it meant a real lot to me because I think that journey of not even from 2009 to 2016, that was when that happened. Um the second year I was at Adobe Max, I went to see Aaron's talk. Alan Hess was stood at the back. I walk in, sit down, and then all of a sudden Aaron's screen comes on and there's this big Hello Dave Clayton in Futura Bold, I think 4,200 and something point text. And I'm sat there and I've got my phone out trying to be really discreet to take a picture of this because this is like you know he, he knows so many people and he's just done this really cool thing. And the guy next to me leans in and he goes, uh, who's Dave Clayton? And I just leant back and went, it's me. <laughs> and I was, I was so giddy from that little moment of just, you know, an email. This is just a simple little email and helping someone out that this is my wealth. This is a payday for me. This is that I've done something right. I've done something good and someone trusts me and believes in me. Um, as I said, from a street, street graphics I went to my first Creative South and at my first Creative South, I met this amazing human being who's on the screen here. Uh, I went to my first uh, workshop of the event. I went in and there was this lady taking names and collecting tickets and she just stood out like a shining light. And I was joked because I said to Diane, she made, she got someone's name wrong. She styled it out so well. And I just remembered her. And then we got introduced and someone was like, Oh, Dave, you have to meet Diane. She's like you, but her, and you're like her, but you. And we realized we were both the same person. So because going all the way back, because of that first email in 2009, these amazing things happen. And I get to meet amazing people like Diane and do this cool stuff with Creative South. So when I talk about being loyal and long-term and patience, these are the things, these are the adventures you can have. Um, doesn't mean all these cool things will happen but if you don't send the email if you don't offer to help people and, and give them your expertise or services you may not get these opportunities and it, any 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 opportunity is special to you in a different way and these these are this is just like 10 percent of what's happened to me but these were the key moments for me so when we say about sending an email think about the purpose of it like how can you help people how can you be a super friend to them even if you don't know them and like in the bottom of the corner my favorite film back to the future to be continued there's more to come that's right i love those stories too so but we have at least one more we got to get through we might have to do a part two for this dave so mm. um but i need you to tell this story about being uncomfortable because one thing is really important when you're somewhere, so even sending an email, you may feel uncomfortable or uh, commenting on somebody's post or sending them a direct message. You may feel uncomfortable. There was going to be somebody who's going to appreciate your message. I think there's going to be lots of people who won't. So no worry about it. Um, but tell them you got to tell them about being uncomfortable. 
Okay, so I mentioned earlier on about being <laughs> short, fat, ginger kid. Uh, no disrespect to the short, fat, ginger people of the world, but when I was a kid, that's all I got told. I had no confidence. I was, you know, compared to my brother who was tall, slim, dark haired. Um, and it was hard. It's, you know, if we, we know if you have things that it can crush your confidence. And, uh, and that was something I suffered from was confidence. And back in 1987, um, with an ex-partner of mine, she got a job at Watford Football Club. Um, for those that know you football, that's the club that Elton John owned. And I went in with her one day and met their marketing manager, this guy called Mike Sullivan. Mike, short, <laughs> short, quite chubby, ginger head. Um, I, he was my person. He was my kind of person. This guy had bags of confidence, though. And I'm like, where does this come from? Like you, everyone, you got everyone eating out the palm of your hand. He was charming and friendly and just, I loved being around him because I was, I was real. I was learning confidence from Mike. Now, one of the things um, that Mike did to me uh, that at the time was excruciatingly painful was he invited me to a, a football match one day and he said, come into the VIP suite, come into the corporate lounge. And I just want you to wear something nice and just come along and sit with me. And I just want to make up the numbers. So I go in, I'm dressed really smart, sit down at a table of, I think it was like 10, eight to 10 people, all business people. And Mike does his spiel. He introduces everyone. Like I say, Mike's super charming. He's got everyone eating out the palm of his hand. He says, just to go around the room. He does this every time. He gets everyone to introduce themselves. And so they get to know each other in the room. It's connecting. It's He's doing the Diane thing. <laughs> and um, so he goes around the room. And I'm thinking, okay, he's, I'm, I'm the 10th person. I'm at the end of the table. When he gets to me, he's just going to say, and this is my friend, Dave. No, Mike being Mike, when he gets to me, he introduces me with a completely made up name working for a completely made up company and that I have a really interesting story to tell. And I'm just sat there looking at Mike. If my eyes could have burned the holes through his head, they would have done, but I kind of got what Mike was doing. So I went along with it and I said, hi, um, I think the name is Joe something. Uh, basically he'd introduced me as the youngest CEO of a plastics company. Um, and I was there to explain what my company did and what my job was from, from with no warning, nothing. He's put me right on the spot and I did it. I got through it. He was just giving me the biggest smile because I realized at that point what he was doing. And Mike went on to do this over and over in different situations. He did, he'd introduced me to people. The more women that were in the room, the more embarrassing my story got. Um, but ultimately, this was the kind of stuff that this guy I met in 1987. In 2005, he introduced me to my wife. Um, when we're married now, we've got four children. And, and Mike did the same thing to me with her. He introduced me to her. He told her a fake story um, about me, which I had to go along with, which won her over, apparently. So um, he knows I am for that. Another thing Mike got me to do was he knew I didn't really play much sport. The picture on the left is us playing football. He got me to come play football for Watford staff team, uh, which was, which was awesome. I love that photograph of us. Um, but Mike used to run a lot. And Mike used to say, like, I go out running because I get a lot of thinking time and it's good, you know, it's good to be outdoors. Um, 
do you want to come out for a run with me? And I said to him, Mike, I can barely run a bath, let alone run outside. But he says, no, no, come out with me. So, okay, okay, okay. So he goes and finds me the tightest t-shirt and the shortest shorts he can find just to embarrass me, but I'm not going to let him beat me. I go out for a run with him. I'm about half a mile round. I thought my internal organs were going to fall out of my backside. I'd never, I'd never run before I played football, but I'd never properly run. This was January, 1991. Just want you to know this is, is important. This is how Mike really pushed me and had faith in me. January, 1991, we go out for a run. I've done half a mile. I think I'm going to die. He keeps inviting me over. We go out for longer runs. We build it up three miles, four miles, six miles, gets about eight, eight or nine miles. And he, he can see I'm getting comfortable. And he says, what are you doing on April the, I can't remember the day, April the 12th or something, which was the day of a big football match at Wembley. So I'm like, oh, Mike's got us tickets. I'm like, Mike are completely free. I'm completely free that day. Do whatever you want. What I didn't know was Mike had entered me into the London Marathon 26.3 miles that was running in April and I'd only started running in January and he kept me going. He kept me, he never told me, he only told me, I think it was something like the third week of March. I think it was about three weeks out from the London marathon is when he told me he'd entered me by which time I'd got up to about 18 miles. And when he told me what he'd done, I told him politely where to go. Um, I said, go forth and multiply a <laughs> uh, words to that effect. I was no way I could, I could have done this marathon, but Mike believed that I could. So I said to him, okay, all right, let's do it. You think I can do it? I'll do it. So he pushed me and he, I said to him, how quick do you want me to do it? And he said, eh, you've been pretty good. You've, you, you've been putting in the miles. I think you can do it in five hours. So I was like, okay, five hours it is. That's my finishing photo. I beat his time by one second. To 459.59 and he said you say to me i knew you wouldn't let me down he was as much as that sounds really hot i think barry just put i don't know if i like mike or not trust me when you're somebody who needs confidence sometimes tough love is is what we kind of need to help people to push them um don't do it to, to allow them to fail that's not good but mike would never have done any of this for me if he didn't think i had it in me to do it and I'll tell you now, the confidence that grew from that relationship of meeting him in 1987 to everything that that man did for me. Um, he took me to America for the first time. Uh, I subsequently did eight London marathons, which I'm really proud of. Um, even to this day, when I see Mike, he will always try and find a way to push me or test me on something because he just knows he's tuned in. We're tuned into each other. But if you've got a mic, if you've got a friend that is doing these kind of things for you, allow them to do it because you will grow as a person. You will learn from them. Mike, I, I sub, I'd since found out Mike had gone through the same thing when he was younger and he had a mentor that pushed him. Mike was my mentor, my friend. Um, he's just, I can't, I just can't say enough nice things about this guy. Um, one of the things that I was going to put in, Mike nearly died in a plane crash. Um, and if I could show you the picture of the plane crash, you would wonder how he lived. And I always remember Mike used to say to me, if I ever died, would you come to my funeral? And I used to say to him, don't say that, Mike. So, because if, if you ever died, you would have so many people at your funeral, all the people you've helped, there wouldn't be enough room. Um, and when he had the plane crash, it was one of the hardest days of my life because I thought I'd lost 
like this amazing man in my life, but he survived. Um, they all survived, thankfully. And it's even to this, like I say, to this day, if I hadn't had a mic, I don't think I'd be sat here talking like I am. Um, I, I owe so much to him for what he did for me. So I, I will forever be grateful for what that man, for that, for the wealth that he gave me. So being a mic and also uh, finding a mic, we all need yeah. both, both people. Both yeah. And I, I do this now. I, I've taken so much from Mike that I tried to do this for other people. I don't put them in embarrassing situations and tight shorts, but I do, I do try and take bits from, from Mike's learning um, and pass it forward. For sure. All right. So we are going to stop and we're going to do part two. So you had four tips for the first part. See, we did really fast at Creative South. <laughs> yeah. We did it in 42 minutes, I think. So we, did. we will do part or part two, which is five, six, seven, and eight. Um, and we'll do that in May sometime, hopefully, yeah. if you'll be able to do that. I think we talked about another date too. So yes, we've got the, I'm free the other two dates. So we're good. Okay. So just so you guys know, next week, we got Paul long time design recharge, creatives ignite, love Paul. Paul is amazing as a designer, as a book designer, and he's just an amazing friend. So he's got a great story. I hope you guys will join us next week normal time and same channel as always. And um, just so you, just in case you need uh, Dave's information, I, um, yep, the typography was much better, Jen, for sure. Um, uh, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad the typography is better. Michael, yeah, you missed it. I, at Creative South, it was totally terrible, but it's okay. It, <laughs> uh, it got worked out. So, um, you can see Dave's thing if you go to itsdaveclayton.com or he shoots, he draws.com. That's the podcast. Um, and then if you go, I think you have an at he shoots, he draws as well for a handle. Uh, yeah, or at it's Dave Clayton. Um, at, you, yeah, right. Any of those things, you can get in touch with me and I'll, I'll see it. I'm pointing to it on my screen like they <laughs> can see it, but they can't see it because that was on, it was on the bottom of all of them. But I'm, if you, if you go here, his links are right here. So I am putting that in and um, <laughs> Paul says he's double checking his fonts already. Um, we, uh, we, we gotcha. I'm not going <laughs> to let your fonts go bad. We'll come do a pre-check, right? But uh, thank you, Dave. And thank you guys for coming. And I will see you next week.